What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. And before we jump into today's conversation with Little Miss Ottawa, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoy today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more it helps new people discover the show and it really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. And if you're one of those people that have recently found the podcast, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe, stay tuned for future episodes. To everybody listening, make sure you screenshot this, post it to your Instagram story, tag at my social life podcast, and I'll feature you on the account and send you a message as well. Now, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Little Miss Ottawa. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to My Social Life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. And today I'm joined by Julia Weber. And Julia is the person behind Little Miss Auto, which is a popular Instagram account here in Canada's nation's capital. And she's recently surpassed 30,000 Instagram followers. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So kind of the easiest place to start is why did you start Little Miss Ottawa? So I went to school for marketing at Carleton University, and while I was there, I did an exchange to Australia, and I was doing something every day, making the most of my time there. So when I came back, I thought, why don't I start exploring Ottawa more as a traveler instead of always waiting for my next destination? So I started anonymously posting about Ottawa, um, sharing all the resources, and it really started as a challenge to myself to get out more and explore. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So how long were you in Australia for? Six months. Okay. And were you like doing school while you were there as well? Yeah. Yeah. I was doing school. So it was, it's one of those experiences that like totally changed my life. And like, I don't think I would have even started this account if I hadn't gone. Like it made such an impact on me. Okay. And then, so like one of the things with your Instagram that really kind of just jumps off the page when I first see it is the name. Like I think it's just the perfect name. So how did you kind of come up with it? I think it was just something catchy. I thought, um, I think the hardest thing when you're doing stuff online is the username. And I just thought it, it stood out. And even when I started posting, everyone's like, who is Little Miss Ottawa? And it would kind of encourage them to check out my account and explore what I'd been posting. Mm -hmm. And then so kind of with when you started the account, the intention was to kind of like just see Ottawa as a tourist more so. But was there ever an intention to like really try and grow it or were you just doing it kind of for fun? I was just doing it for fun. It was 100% a passion project. Um, But even right from the beginning, a lot of people, I think it grew so much because they could identify with it. Like so many people living in Ottawa who... I think no matter where you live in the world, it's so easy to kind of take advantage of your hometown and always wish to, I want to go to Spain or I want to live in Australia. So I think it was kind of a refreshing perspective. And since it was a challenge to myself, like I was really active in getting out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how much traction did it get right away? Because I'm pretty sure from like everything I kind of saw, like I wasn't following you back then, obviously, but from what I've seen, like it gained some steam pretty quickly. Like you had like a guest blog within your first week, I think, right? Yeah, um, when I first started out, even the first week, I remember um, Ottawa Tourism reaching out and asked if I wanted to do an Instagram takeover. And then I started guest blogging for a group called Wing D. Mm-hmm. And then like a few years later, I got to be a contributor to their book, An Insider's Guide to Canada's Capital. And it's just kind of tumbleweeded from there. So like that Instagram takeover then with Ottawa Tourism, like they just found your account pretty much right away and asked you to do a takeover? Yeah. And then so for, for context, for that was 2014, right? When you started the account? Yep. Yeah. So like did that takeover like really boost your following pretty much right away? Um, I can't remember. It probably did. I feel like anytime you're featured by a big account, it, it brings people over to you. Um, and then I quickly got into the Instagram group of Ottawa, like Igears Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy because all these people started reaching out and they're telling me about these meetups. So I'm going to these Instagram meetups. I'm meeting even more people online in person and then we're connecting online it just kept expanding mm-hmm. and then so like I think I saw that you went to a bunch of meetups when you first started the account yeah. I thought the reason behind it was really cool can you kind of talk about that it was like the photography meetups yeah it was it was really cool because so I started with my iPhone um like everything self-taught all the photography I bought a camera about a year in so I would go to these Instagram meetups with my iPhone and a few others but most people had cameras and everybody was so nice and welcoming and I remember talking to someone and I was like, oh, like maybe I should buy a camera. And he's like, no, it's, it's good. Like it doesn't matter what tool you have, you're developing your eye. And it's so true because like I was able to do like rule of thirds and learn all that stuff, the framing. 
but everyone's just so including. I was like, this is such a cool group. Mm-hmm. And then it's like kind of to that point then of sharing with your iPhone. I feel like a big thing for a lot of people is like gear. I need to have the best camera, the best this. So like as someone that started with their iPhone and was successful with their iPhone, how did, what is your kind of feeling when it comes to getting the newest and best camera to get better photos? I think like feeling the need to have the most up-to-date gear can be a bit of a distraction and I've been guilty of it as well. But if, I think if you can be resourceful and use the tools that you have. Um, the other thing too, like I could have started with my iPhone, I could have bombed. I mean, since it was a passion project, it would have continued. But if you're if you're on there for business, you can trial things out without having to make that heavy investment. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning too, something at the beginning and for a long time, you didn't show your face on the account at all. Yep. <laughs> so like, why why did you decide that in the beginning? I did that because I wanted. I wanted to stay anonymous because I wanted to give the account the space to grow on its own. Um, it kind of gave me the creative freedom to post whatever I wanted. And since it was becoming a resource for people, I didn't want anyone to look at my account and say, oh, Julie is doing that again. I wanted, and I still want it to be a resource that people can look to and see themselves in the photo. Mm-hmm. So I, wouldn't want, I didn't want like, myself to take away from the content. And then I ended up doing my grand reveal in January because it was about time, um, it was getting harder and harder to keep it a secret. And I, a friend told me, he said, it's like people know what kind of content to expect from you, so it's okay to reveal yourself. Like It's mm-hmm. still gonna be the same content, but it's okay if they know who's behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's helped people build even more of a connection with me because they know who's behind it. And it's been really cool being around town and people will approach me and say they follow along. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like now that people are able to connect with you better, but in the beginning, do you think that that mystery almost of like who's behind this account helped you kind of grow at the beginning? I think so. Um, there, like I have so many stories of people like not knowing it was me, even close friends. Um, and then another person would say, that's Julia. Um, for example, I was posting about my family's dog and my sister's friend's mom, I guess, was like, like oh, like, look at this cute dog. And the sister's friend was like, oh, that's, that's Shannon's dog, my sister. They're like no it's little miss ottawa's and it's like, no it's a family dog but nobody knew <laughs> yeah that's hilarious so then like when you went to meetups and stuff and everyone's taking photos was it kind of hard to keep yourself out of photos or keep yourself from being tagged in photos yeah it was um like i would go to events and tell people who i was but i was really strict on not being in photos and mm-hmm. it also got to the point to um it would be confusing for people they didn't know like can i post a photo of you can i not like i've seen a few photos online and um, like there was a big divide between Julia Weber and Little Miss Ottawa so when I revealed I'm like I'm going to close a little bit of that gap yeah and so do you remember the first time like a photo got posted of you as like being Little Miss Ottawa or is it like a big deal for you to finally kind of like be tagged in a photo um it wasn't really a big deal because mm-hmm. um, I think it was probably like another blogger's account um it wasn't too big of a deal, but when I did my grand reveal on my account, it just blew up. Like, mm-hmm. I was really scared. I didn't know how, like, I'm like, is this going to change people's opinions of the account? Um, but it, it just blew up. So many people commented, like, thank you so much for all the resources that you share. Like, because of you, I had this adventure, this adventure. And, like, those are the best comments I can get. Mm-hmm. And you talk about how, like, people will come up to you now. So do you remember the first time that someone came up to you and was like, Oh my god! I follow your account. So the first time was before I revealed myself. Really? It was at um, it was at the I can't remember the name of it, but it was some some kind of event where you're like trying drinks, trying food, mm-hmm. and these two girls approached me and they're like, "Are you Little Miss Ottawa?" Because I think they might have saw a picture of me on someone else's account, but they saw that I checked in at the at the event, so they're like, uh... we weren't sure if it was you. I was like. That's really cool that you guys came over because you didn't know it couldn't have been me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what's that feeling like when someone comes up to you? It's just really, because they it's fall? really cool. And like hearing each person's individual experience. Um, I have a, a partnership with Jim K. Ford. Mm-hmm. So I drive around one of their cars. I have their logo, my logo. And it's at an apple orchard. Um, I think it was in Metcalf. And a follower came up to me. He was from Brazil, had moved to Ottawa a year ago. And because he saw the car, he approached me. He's like, hey, like, I've been following you for the last year. Thank you so much. Like, you've helped me uh, kind of settle into Ottawa and see what there is to do. I'm like, an apple orchard of all places. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. And so, like, I kind of want to talk about the car, too. Yeah. It's like, how did you get in the position where you were given basically a free car because of your Instagram? Like, how did that all come to be? So, I was 
chosen to uh, be one of the, I don't like the word influencer, but like one of the mm-hmm. content creators, I guess you could say, um, to promote the Ford EcoSport. It was doing a cross Canada tour. So I did Halifax to PEI. And the woman who recruited me for that ca- campaign um, was so impressed with my work. She's like, you hit everything. Like you're top for engagement, messaging, wow. all that stuff. So she sent my information to all the Ford dealerships in Ottawa. And then Jim K. Ford reached out and we talked about the partnership and um, the car just worked because it makes everything so accessible. I'm able to do more adventures and there's just a really cool dealership that's open to, to doing new things because mm-hmm. I find companies in Ottawa can be a little bit slower <laughs> to catch on to this. So it's, it's been amazing working with them and also hearing other people's stories about going to the dealership and uh, like the cars they've chosen it and the adventures they go on. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty cool. But then at the time you would have gotten that car, you still would have been anonymous, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so was it kind of like almost like, not like almost like a precursor to re- doing the face reveal of having the logo on the car and then you in the car? All the I time? think so. Like it's, um, it's like because I'm not a big showy person. I think it's also I reveal myself. So it's it's weird sometimes. Like people are looking and I'm like, oh, like. <laughs> do I wave? <laughs> what do I do? But I think that speaks to them too to also take the chance on me because I hadn't revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting creative in the posting. So there's a picture of the dog in it or on road trips. Yeah. But when you did finally kind of do that face reveal in January, was there almost like a sense of relief now? Do you like, I don't have to hide anymore? Yeah. It was, uh, I think both because I... I was, I was worried, I didn't know which way it would go, so to, to hear the feedback and everyone being so happy, um, and people were commenting too, like, we really enjoy seeing the person behind it, like, post more like this, and I, I would never want to take over my feed, but like, sprinkle it in every once in a while, mm-hmm. um, and it's, I think it opened the door to more collaborations, because people knew who I was, like, before they were probably a little scared, like, we, we like her content, but we don't really know who she is. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask that too, it was about still not posting yourself very often like you said you kind of sprinkle it in once in a while things only been like a couple times since january that you've posted yeah is that just like you said because you don't really want to take over your feed you kind of want to keep it the way that it was before yeah i think it's a mix of both i don't i wouldn't want it to take over my feed because i I'm, i still really want people to go to my account or to my website and have the resources for their own adventures so i've been mm-hmm. like i don't even really post that many personal details about myself um because I just don't want to take away away from the resource aspect. Um, and then also, because I've been doing it one way for so long, it's weird for me to be in front of the camera. I'm so comfortable being behind it. So it's also an exercise of me getting out of my comfort zone, which is something I try and do a lot. <laughs> and then, it's like, like I said, you started the account in 2014, I think. Yeah. So you're closing on five years. I think five years will be August 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what are some things you've done over the last five years that have helped you grow your account to that over 30,000 follower mark you're at now? So a big thing is, um, so I also have social media clients of my own, mm-hmm. um, help build, build their own accounts and I do social media workshops. And the big thing that I always say is it's, it's a conversation. A lot of people just put content out there and then that's it. But you, like, I was really good to go out and comment on other people's and start conversations. Um, I'll usually ask a question on my accounts, like, where's your favorite place to go swimming? Things like that. So it, it's engaging. People want to be a part of it. Um, especially at the beginning, being reposted on a bigger account like Explore Canada or Auto Tourism really helps because it's people are looking for similar content. And especially Ottawa as a city has been growing so much in recent years. That's helped my account. I have a lot of people reach out for advice on where to live, like, things to do while they're visiting that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um about two i guess two years ago i started a website that's helped a lot as well because i i think it's really important that you diversify like instagram is great but it's not going to be the thing for forever like facebook is slowly dying off yeah so having multiple places that people can find me and then also the website i'm able to put longer content that people can read mm-hmm. so a lot a lot of people have been finding me through the website then going to instagram i suppose that instagram to website is kind of a cycle yeah there's actually kind of a couple things i want to unpack and from the last little bit is the first one being being reposted yeah do you think that still works today because i've heard people say like it really worked like two three years ago getting reposted by these big yeah. accounts and now not so much so 
I have like a bit of a different outlook on being reposted now. So if it's a bit like anytime Ottawa Tourism reposts me, like accounts like that, and like this is when. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more like repost accounts that are popping up now, and a lot of people are thanking them for the features. But my problem with it is that they're actually just trying to use your content to grow their account. Mm -hmm. And then if someone reposts from their account, the credit's lost on your page. Um, I've had a few problems with like sketchy accounts reposting my content and I don't want that because I don't want it to be seen as me endorsing them. Like I wouldn't want anyone to buy their services because they think that I'm using it. Um, so I'm pretty strict on the repost accounts and I've, I've had some people fight me back on it. They're like, everyone always says thank you. Like basically saying I'm ungrateful, but it's like, I don't know who your account is. I don't know who's behind it. I don't know what you're trying to do with it. Mm -hmm. We've never even talked. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just like on the on the note of like the like credit being lost once it gets reposted for like yeah. the second time, that's funny because like I, I recently had Kishan Mister on the podcast and he was talking about how like because I asked him about crediting and kind of where he is like as a photographer too, and he said that like obviously it's great, but especially when it comes to like celebrities and stuff, you'll always see people being like, "Hey, credit the photographer behind this," and like like people start yeah. their own campaigns, but he'll be like sometimes the celebrities don't even know like they'll just like see it reposted that was reposted and reposted again by another fan account and they just take it from the fan account they don't even know yeah right? that's the thing it's like as it goes down the chain mm -hmm. um and the thing is too it's against like it's okay to repost photos if you ask for permission because if you don't it's against instagram's rules and terms because yeah. it's you're taking someone's copyright and that's people have argued me on that i'm like this is my photo, I own it. Like, when you upload to Instagram, you're agreeing to those terms. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, some people, they do appreciate just the exposure getting out there, but it is... I think as you get bigger in managing your brand, you want to be careful where your content's going and you don't want to be seen as endorsing something you wouldn't. Yeah, and then so what about guest blogging? Because it's a little bit different. Like, it's not like someone's just reposting your content. You're producing content for someone else, but having your name attached to it. Has that yeah. helped you grow as well? Um, I don't really think it helped me grow to be honest I wish that I had just created my own website right away because at first like it was really great to to get out there but I could have put that all that effort into my own website and been building it from the get-go and so then why did you eventually start your website I think so like two years ago yeah it's like why did you start it um I wanted to be able to provide longer content like the summer bucket list seasonal bucket list things like that um, I have an event page like I wouldn't be able to do that on Instagram and if my Instagram like, got shut down tomorrow like people could still find me yeah that's cool so and like and you said that more people will find your Instagram through the blog than vice versa but you think it'd be um, the other way right I think yeah it's kind of kind of like a cycle mm -hmm. um so it, it guess it depends on what people are searching for online if they come to my website or not but it, yeah it's kind of cool it's like they both feed into each other. Yeah. It's like, how often do you post, like, the full, the long-form blog posts? Um, in the perfect world, it would be once a week. But yeah. they, they take, like, some could take me a full day to write. Um, like, I do my research, um, promote things that I would use myself or would be interested in doing. Mm -hmm. um, so now that it's been two years, I've been able to build on those blog posts and, like, edit them each year and be like, okay, here's the new summer bucket list. Yeah. But... It's probably like two months right now if you average it out. <laughs> okay. And then like 2019, is blogging still like a big part of your overall strategy? Because I feel like I don't read blogs very often, but maybe a lot of people do. Like how have you noticed over the last two years? Is it still trending in a positive way? Yeah, it's um, it's been growing rapidly. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't even able to put that much effort into it last year because so I've been working officially for myself for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so now I've been able to like really hone in on it and like, put a lot of effort in and people are reading them and like sharing them which is good I found Facebook shares has been okay. good for yeah. the blog posts because um, I find Facebook just reach in general has been going down mm -hmm. so it's nice to see it when they do well yeah Facebook and Instagram reach I found has gone down like Instagram too yeah Instagram I haven't found so much of a difference I know a lot of people are complaining about the algorithm but the way I see it is if my if my post doesn't reach a lot of people, it's just because people aren't interested in it. So okay. I could probably pivot the strategy. Mm -hmm. That's cool because I feel like a lot of people, I hear so many people complain about the algorithm. So it's kind of cool to hear you kind of take that onus almost onto yourself yeah. if the content doesn't perform as well. Because it's like the more engagement you get in that first hour, the farther it'll go. Mm -hmm. So if it's bombing in the first hour, it's because people don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But the thing is, too, I, I think too many people are letting the algorithm get in the way of their content. Um, because then when you start basing all your content based on likes, you're getting the same posts over and over again. Like, you, you need to still be able to get outside of that box. Mm-hmm. Um, so some content might not have done as well, but I'll still post it because it's a resource that, like, somebody's going to find value from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is your content strategy right now? Like, how many days a week are you posting? Is there a certain mm-hmm. time of day? I usually post at night. Okay. I find, like, the way I see it, in the summertime, everybody's out enjoying the sun during the day, so you're going to want to post at night when it's dark, when people are finally going back to their house, or running down for bed. Um, I post a few times a week. Um, if, sometimes I'll just take a break. I won't post anything, because I'd rather, like, I put a lot of effort into the captions, it take a long time in the photos, um, instead of feeling the need to post something. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then... Have you played around with scheduling on Instagram at all? Facebook recently released in their creator studio. You can link your Instagram account to your Facebook page and schedule posts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I haven't. Um, so for clients, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have like the month-long strategy that I'll plan out. But for my own account, I don't. I usually, for the for the most part, I'll do the post the day of unless it's okay. like a collaboration that has to be posted that day. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to post a swimming post when it's like, thunderstorming out. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, what about like producing the content? How often are you going out to different places and really taking the photos and all that? Like how often do you usually do that? Um, I'll go out for big photo walks. Like I'll go for three hours and just take photos, photos, photos. Um, it's usually weather dependent because I'll have seasonal bucket lists in my head and be like, okay, I need to go get these shots. I need to go do this. Um, but I feel like I'm I'm always kind of looking for content. Like I will post phone photos still if that's all I had on me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you ever feel like you're gonna run out of things to do in Ottawa? Is that ever a worry for no, you? No, I'm having trouble catching up to, with everything. Okay, that's good. I think there's so much going on, um, which is awesome. So um, I'm being a lot more selective on what I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still the vent page is great because it's just I just want it to be a resource that people can go to and find things they're having that mm-hmm. day. And then so the event page is a page on your website then where you list kind of everything going on in Ottawa on a calendar, basically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even that, like I try and put as much as I can mm-hmm. into it, but there's always always new things popping up. <laughs> yeah. And then a big thing is community. So how have you kind of developed a strong connection with your audience over the last two years? Has it been like the replying to people, like you said, or is there anything else you're doing as well? Yeah. Um, I think just having those conversations, like posting on other people's photos and things like that. Um, replying to people a lot of people will be like hey I'm in Ottawa this weekend what should I do or my mom's coming to visit what should I do and just letting people know that you can message me and we can have a conversation I'm happy to give recommendations um, but then I think also just bonding over Ottawa and travel mm-hmm. so I'll post like things to do in Ottawa as a traveler but then also abroad and because people know what kind of content I post about Ottawa they they're interested in the travel recommendations as well yeah and it's like, how many like DMs would you say you're getting a day? Oh, that's hard. Because um, I check it so many times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I would say, ooh, like minimum 30, okay. I would probably say. <laughs> yeah. And do you reply to pretty much every DM? Uh, pretty much everyone. It's it's hard because I'm there's a lot that go to the request folder mm-hmm. and they don't always see them right away. Um, but I try to as soon as I can. <laughs> it's like how much time would you say that you're kind of spending on Instagram in a day or a week just like oh, to kind of like give context? Hours in a week. Um, this is so embarrassing, but because I do it for con- clients as well. Mm-hmm. But last week, because I was doing two press trips in a row, my average time spent on my phone was six hours. Wow, that's a lot. It's, yeah, it's. <laughs> But I don't think people realize that, right? Because I feel like people are like, oh, you're big on Instagram. It takes like two seconds. But it takes a lot yeah, of time to really so do that. It takes so much time. I, I try and stray away from live posting um, because I want some time to think about what I'm posting. I don't want to just keep shooting stuff off. But also, I want to still stay in the moment. And I hope that when people take my recommendations, they do it as well. Like, it, I'll, I'll take a bunch of photos and then post them after. Because mm-hmm. um, if, if I'm glued to my phone, I can't fully be present yeah that's fair and then I want to ask your opinion about or not your opinion I want you to kind of explain this equation and it's community equals experience and connection so you talked about that in a talk you gave at creative mornings can you kind of break that down a little bit just kind of like the quick notes on what that equation is and how you kind of came up with it yeah 
Um, so, so when you, like, if I take my exchange, for example, so Mm -hmm. I made so many friends there that I'm bonded with for life because we were all going through the exact same experience together. And then, uh, we just were able to quickly build that connection, uh, supporting each other, helping each other go through the experience. So like, that's a community, but also your university friends, you're going through the same experience. Um, and you're all connecting over that chunk of your life. And I feel like you have many chunks like there's the Instagram community that I'm going out to events with and we're able to connect over Instagram and photography so if you are trying to build a community like if you can have those two things like people need to be able to connect with you somehow so I haven't had any like Little Miss Auto specific meetups but the, the experience that they're having if I've made a recommendation they're following then that that's the experience there and then the connection is Ottawa travel talking to each other yeah that's really cool and then you talked about earlier like how you have that collaboration with the company as well so I kind of talk from a high level like how has it been collabing with companies and do you remember your first collaboration Ooh, I don't my first collaboration I guess it was Ottawa tourism okay I <laughs> guess my so, takeover. Yeah. um Probably early on was Alt Hotel. So in their lobby, they have um, a bunch of us from Ottawa have photos up in their lobby. Okay. Um, yeah, so Styles is another one. So and we did takeovers on there or on our own accounts of things to do and promoted the new hotel launch. Mm-hmm. So it was like very early on. I was like so honored to be chosen for that. Yeah. So now, like, if you could ballpark roughly, how many company companies do you think you've worked with in the last five years? That's hard. Like, I would say over 100 easily. Like, really? There's some... I'm lucky now that I have the opportunity to work with people on a sponsored basis, but there's also so many free free mm-hmm. things that I was doing before that. So, like, from your experience, and what are some, like, positive... Things that make a positive experience when you're collaborating with the company? And what makes, like, a negative experience or a poor experience? Um... So I guess number one, I'm really strict on the partnerships I'll take on. So mm-hmm. I'd never take on something that I don't use or recommend or pay for myself. Um, so before I revealed myself, I had makeup companies reach out. <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. Like, it, it, it was bad on their part too because people wouldn't take my advice on a makeup, mm-hmm. um, a makeup brand because they don't know what I look like, how I use it. Um, Telus is a really incredible brand to work with. Um, just all the initiatives that they're doing are really good for the community and they're also just so open to ideas like basically whatever I want to do we can run with it um, the brands that put too many expectations um, or they give too many specifications on how they want to see the photos or how they see it on your account mm-hmm. um, I don't like that because it doesn't make it as authentic um, like you, that's what you want you want it to be authentic like a friend giving a friend um, recommendation yeah that's cool and then so like over time like I want to talk about some key collaborations that you had one was the TELUS one so how did that kind of come to be that um, a few years ago someone reached out um, they were looking to work with someone in the Ottawa market and he just loved my account he loved what I was doing and also how I was anonymous mm-hmm. um, so did some collaborations with them and then I made it onto their TELUS partner team um, so that's just been incredible because I think it's they're a company that's believed in my account right from the beginning. And I also just love everything that they're doing. So it was a really good synergy there. Mm-hmm. And there's another one, like you mentioned earlier, how people reach out to you all the time out looking for places like to live in the city. So and you partnered with somebody that's a realtor or something like that, right? Yeah, I partnered with Ray Otten Real Estate from mm-hmm. Ottawa Properties. So like, how does that collaboration work? Because I don't think I've seen, like maybe I've missed it, but I don't think I've seen a post of you like collaborating with them. Have you? It was... Um, I did the blog post, so it was like uh, okay. best of Canada, best of Westboro, and then I did the Instagram post as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best of it, like he answered all the questions on the area, and then like all the things to do in the area if you were looking to move there. And then we also did a general guide of just the Ottawa real estate market because I know it's something that me and my friends are speaking about as well. And I didn't have the proper advice to be able to give people answers on that mm-hmm. people will message me and say should I move to Ottawa I'm like I love it but I can't make that decision for you yeah I think that's really cool though that like you've partnered with a realtor because I feel like I saw that and I was like that's so cool that makes so much sense though right because yeah. like I never would have thought of that but like 
that's just a really cool collaboration. Just cool on his part too to think. Did you reach out to him or did he reach out to you first? Um, they reached out to me first, mm-hmm. and then I thought it was awesome because I I was having all these questions. I still get them. So now when someone messaged me, I can say, "Hey, you should check out this guide first. Um, and then like he knows so much. He's been working in real estate for so long. So he has a lot of knowledge that he can share with them. Yeah. And you've mentioned a couple times that you've gone on these different press tours. Yeah. So what happens on these press tours? Do you get like flown out by a company to do something? Like how does that look? Yeah, um, it's a, a bit of a mix. So I just recently in St. John and then mm-hmm. I did Ontario Highlands. So they contacted me and then they'll send the itinerary and what, what they're trying to promote. So St. John wanted more people from Ottawa because it's a really big market for them. And then Ontario Highlands, like, right right outside of Ottawa, so it's a great spot for a road trip. Yeah. Um, so th- it's always fun working with the tourism groups because I feel like that ties in so well with what I'm doing. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, I, you went on a press trip to Asia too, right? Yeah, yeah, I was with uh, Free and Easy Traveler. Okay. It's like, what? so basically, like, you just went there and just did all these different excursions and stuff on behalf of the company and just posted it to your account. Is that pretty much how that works? Yeah, so so before I go on a press trip, there's always, like, um, what they'll provide and what I'm responsible for. So mm-hmm. I did takeovers, some guest posts, um, posts on my own account. Uh, that was really cool, too, because when I was in Australia, I went to Thailand. So it was my first big destination that I got to revisit and then added on a few other countries. Yeah. I've seen, like, two, like, within Ottawa specifically for the most part. But when you, like, not necessarily co-sign a company, but when you talk about going somewhere or doing something, like, that's, like, a win for the company. Like, when I searched up Little Miss Ottawa, something came up, I think it was from an axe around company in Ottawa. Oh, yeah. And, like, put a blog post out that you put a blog post out that they were one of the top winter, like, destinations in the city. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, like, <laughs> like how have you built that reputation then with these brands where, like, if you kind of, like, co-sign or, like, give your recommendation for a spot, like, that's a really good thing that they're going to just, like, brag to everyone else of why they should come here. Yeah. How have you built that relationship, not necessarily relationship, but that reputation within the city then with these companies? I think a big part of it is word of mouth. So a lot of people, maybe their friends follow me and then they're talking like, we want to do this campaign. And someone's like, well, why don't you work with Little Miss Ottawa? Um, I had a, a message one time in my DMs. This guy's like, yeah, like anytime we want to do something in Ottawa, we're always like, oh, well, Little Miss Ottawa recommend this. So it's like the check mark. Um, it, it's, it's crazy because I got it campaign once with the Mexico Tourism Board. They were doing, for Canada 150, it was the Ottawa Welcomes the World event, so it was Mexico. And I posted a photo from Turkey, just as, like, I really enjoyed Turkey, here's what I did there. They saw that, and they're like, well, do you want to post about Mexico as well? So you you never know who's watching your content. Mm -hmm. So that was an important lesson as well, to just keep doing you, keep putting out good content, things that you're passionate about and you never know who's looking. So did you go to Mexico then because of that? Oh, I would love to if they want to send me. <laughs> yeah. So like, but then when you posted about Mexico, was that like, had you been there beforehand and you were posting or did you? So I'd never been there, but it's, it is a destination I would love to experience. And it was really cool that we were able to celebrate Mexican culture in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, Ottawa's great. We have so many like different pockets, like different restaurants, cultural places, cultural festivals. So you can really kind of travel through Ottawa. And I was going to ask you, like, why like why companies partner with you that are outside of Ottawa, but you kind of answered it being, like, if they're trying to get into the Ottawa market, like, you offer such a targeted audience for them. It's like anyone that really wants to break into this market, like, you're the ideal person to work with because people in Ottawa are, that are moving to Ottawa follow you, right? Like, that's for the most part. Yeah, it's, um, but yeah, anyone who's, like, Ottawa's a focus. Uh, the other thing, too, is that, um, I can't remember what event it is, but Everyone always says Ottawa's a government town, but it should actually be seen as a good thing because that means everybody has stable income, and a lot of people in the government have their side hustles as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a good market to reach out to. And one thing I was curious about, and I had a similar conversation with Consumed by Carlo. Okay. With your account, Ottawa's in the name. You're Little Miss Ottawa. So do you feel like you're boxed in a little bit to this city? Um, a, a little bit, like, um. I think maybe brands don't realize right away like how like we have like this hub of auto people like it's mm-hmm. it could be a good collaboration like um, a lot of tourism groups are starting to focus more on Ottawa it used to only be Toronto and Montreal um, but I think it also helped build the account and it's also like Ottawa is my home base like I will always come back here so it kind of unites us all and I think a lot of people in Ottawa do like to travel yeah 
So then, like, do you, so you don't, do you think that just by being Ottawa specific with Ottawa as your home base, do you think that's going to limit how big you could truly grow the account? Do you think, like, maybe? Um, potentially. I guess um, it's crazy, too, because I never, like, if you asked me five years ago, like, what are you going to be doing? I would have never, ever said this. Like, I didn't even realize that was a path. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Like, I think too, a lot of people get fixated on the number mm-hmm. or, like, where they're headed next but I think it's also important to kind of appreciate what you have and focus on that yeah that's fair since like what are some pros then to being Ottawa specific pros um that's like if someone wanted to start an account uh, yeah I mean like in terms of like from what you've noticed because I feel like some people when they make an Instagram account they don't want to make it specific to one city because they might have that mindset that oh I can't grow well outside. I guess the good thing is like Ottawa is like the the first commonality that we have mm-hmm. um like uh, other people that live in Ottawa will be like oh maybe I should check this out whereas if you're if you're starting out broad right away it's going to be harder to connect with people yeah and how have you noticed that when you post content like when you go on these press tours or you travel outside of Ottawa how does that content resonate with your audience because it's not something like they have easy access to like just driving like 45 minutes to go to this museum or something like that it's a little different if you're in Asia they, it's not like an easy thing for them yeah. to do um it, it goes really well like even St. John uh, I think it's about 11 hour drive away mm-hmm. um that posted really well because I was posting about this cool moonlight bazaar that they had um because I think the thing about my account too is like getting out and exploring so then um maybe getting people outside of their comfort zone maybe they didn't explore Ottawa that much and then maybe the next step would be an international travel um, that they could take the recommendations from and then what about your other social media accounts kind of talk about those a little bit how do you use Twitter like is it a big piece of your strategy or no I feel like Twitter is that account like when I do the workshops I always say like if you have it great like I wouldn't worry about starting one Mm -hmm. because it's not I don't think it's necessary to social strategy anymore and like Instagram is like the happy place, the nice photos. Twitter is like the negative space. Everyone goes to complain, get political, and then Facebook's the in between of those yeah. two. And it's like, why? Like, do you think that Twitter's not an important part of the strategy in twenty nineteen? I think like it takes so much time to post, even just on Instagram and the blog. Like, um, I think a lot of people spread themselves too thin. Like, you don't need to be on every platform. If you have the resources, then that's awesome. But like, I don't. It doesn't have as much return on investment, I guess you could say, especially like for clients as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's nice to have, but it like how do you, how do you find it? Is it? It depends on how you use it. I think. Yeah. I think Twitter is this really cool space where I feel like not as many people use it as any of the other platforms. Mm-hmm. So for someone like me and with what I do with the podcast, I think Twitter's cool because sometimes you can access people with bigger followings and more like celebrity, quote unquote celebrity because not as many people follow them on Twitter and engage with them on Twitter. So, like, I can reply to some people on Twitter, and I'll get replies. And it's just like, but if I were to engage them on Instagram, maybe not. So that's that's kind of just an interesting point. Is like, Twitter, I almost view it as more of, like, not it's almost like a networking platform to an extent. Like, I'm not trying to, like, go viral or get tons of likes on my tweets. I don't tweet enough anyways. Yeah, just kind of observe and engage and just kind of try and interact with those bigger name people that we'll get 400 comments on Instagram but we'll get four replies to their tweet yeah I like that it's um I heard on a podcast a long time ago about how you should go where other people aren't Mm -hmm. so everyone's using Instagram now so I'm on a blog and I'm putting so much effort into the blog like because the problem with Instagram and the algorithm is that there's so much noise now you're trying the reason people aren't seeing your posts is you're trying to break through the clutter so if less people are on Twitter you have less competition to Mm -hmm your stuff out there yeah that's true and then what about facebook i know you said like your engagement you're noticing it's going really far down like what's um, your strategy Facebook there? has been pretty decent i'd say like um the, because the good thing is like people can share the blog for us straight from there mm-hmm. um so just wanted something in ottawa that did really well like so many people are sharing it like sending in messages so that was good to see yeah and then now that you've done the face reveal do you think that there's ever a point down the line somewhere where you start a YouTube channel maybe do some travel vlogs or something like that so I do want to start a YouTube channel I'm doing a videography class right now cool. but it's it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. so that's been the biggest thing holding me back um, I feel like I'm so familiar with Ottawa too it's such a great place to learn because I I know the good places to go for sunset I know all the different places mm-hmm. And then, so, like, how, how far along are you in this videography course? I'm about halfway through. Okay. It's, uh, it's tough because I'm trying to do it on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
I think even just keeping up to date with Instagram and Facebook and all the changes is yeah. a lot. So like as soon as that course ends, do you think you'll try like making your first one just to see how it goes? Or like when do you really see that you kind of trying to implement Instagram into your strategy? Or not Instagram, sorry. YouTube? YouTube yeah. um, probably in the next few months. I also mm -hmm. think IGTV is yeah. would be good to be on. Because the thing is like anytime a platform releases something new, they're going to favor you if you use it. Mm -hmm. Um so a lot of the IGTV is showing up in people's feeds because they're like, let's push this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's make this a thing. Like I've gone through and I've just looked at, I think it was Gary Vee's account and I'll look at videos he posts that are under a minute and then I'll look at the videos he posts from IGTV that are over a minute and the views on his IGTV like double, triple what he gets yeah. on his regular videos. It's a good time to be on it. <laughs> and even like another, I don't know, if like I listen to Pat Flynn, he has the Passive Income Podcast, the Smart Passive Income Podcast mm -hmm. and he posted a screenshot one day like his video on YouTube has 5,000 views and his IGTV, which is the exact same one, just sized differently of course for IGTV and on YouTube he got like 5,000 views and he got like 20,000 views on IGTV. It's just interesting to see just like how Instagram's really trying to push that platform because they're trying to win with video right now. Yeah. So that's like definitely an opportunity, I would say. Is I think so too. I, like, I would probably post them on YouTube and mm -hmm. IGTV because I think YouTube as well would be hard to push through the clutter now. Yes. Um, not clutter, but it's like it's harder to, for people to watch your video and stay there. Mm -hmm. So you'll see. It's but it's all a learning experience too. Like a big thing with Little Miss Ottawa is I was working full time. When I first started it, so I would trial things on my account that I could use for work because mm -hmm. I worked in marketing. Yeah, and speaking of like going to places people aren't, I was curious if you use Snapchat at all at all still, like, or do you kind of think that platform is dying a little bit? Um, I, it's I so I briefly tried it for like a month, mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, then Instagram started the Instagram Stories, and it the reason I stopped on Snapchat was it, it just wasn't like how am I going to build this, and then. It's just so much work to put it across platforms. I'm like, I should just focus on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then what about, like, I always ask people this, especially because it's really starting to blow up now. And I know it's probably not the most ideal platform to fit into your current strategy, but TikTok, is it something you're kind of looking at, you're observing? Yeah, so I just downloaded it yesterday because my little cousins wanted to visit them in New York. They were all about TikTok mm -hmm. and showing me all these videos. And it's more, like, I, I won't necessarily post on it um but i just want to get familiar with it i want to see what's out there because especially for the clients that i work with i need to be up to date on everything mm -hmm. it's like what are your kind of takeaways just from the beginning on tiktok like i've i myself am similar to you like i've just i downloaded it a long time ago but i've only recently started to kind of just like poke around on it and see what it works like yeah. kind of reminds me of vine a little bit but then there's this That's singing aspect thinking. i like, still need to explore it on my phone but from what they showed me yeah it kind of made me think of vine so mm -hmm. um yeah, you never know if like an idea might pop into your head for you. But. Yeah. And there's a couple other social trends that kind of run by you get your opinion on. Yeah. The first one being stories over feed. Like, how are you noticing consumption of your Instagram feed posts versus your story posts? Because there was a report that came out that said story consumption is going to surpass feed consumption and people are going to spend more time using the Instagram story feature than Instagram feed. So, like, what is your story yeah. strategy and what are you kind of noticing? I, I'd agree with that because I think you kind of get sucked into the stories. Like, mm -hmm. you just... Because it's next, next, next. Um, um, I haven't, like, like, I'll, on my feed, I'll, it'll be, like, the main thing. So if I was posting about swimming, I'd be, like, where I went swimming. And then the stories would be, like, kind of, like, a behind the scenes. You can kind of, for clients, I always tell them, like, if a photo's not good enough for your feed, put it in your stories. Because mm -hmm. you can still promote it. It doesn't have to be as visually appealing in your stories it can be more raw mm -hmm. that's what I've seen too like I feel like people almost react better to feeds if it's not like a polished graphic or a polished photo like I feel yeah, like if it's that raw thing. real taken from your phone thing like people almost enjoy that more and they consume it better yeah, I'm really um, conscious of editing like I wouldn't want to over edit mm -hmm. and I, w I would hate if somebody saw one of my photos and went to see it in person they're like this looks nothing like what she posted yeah that's fair and then what about Instagram removing likes I, I think it's awesome personally because mm -hmm. I think um, like there's all the conversation about like Instagram um, making people feel bad affecting their mental health so I'm hoping that the likes will people will continue to keep putting out content that they enjoy and mm -hmm. like stop doing things for, for the likes because yeah. um, if you're posting the same thing over again about the likes but now you kind of the pressure is off yeah. I suppose and from a brand perspective um I mean, when, anytime you work with a brand, you have to send in your analytics after, so I'm not too worried about that. I think reach will be a more important mm -hmm. um, 
statistic to send after. Yeah. And from what I hear, like Instagram is slowly like starting to decrease reach a little bit too, kind of similar. It's like where Facebook is now, it's like slowly kind of trending towards that direction I've seen. Yeah. Is that something you're kind of noticing too? Like your reach on Instagram is um, going down a little bit? Not a ton, like maybe for some posts. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing too is that, because everyone's like, why did they ever switch over from chronological? But there's so many users that you would be scrolling forever. Like mm-hmm. you would only ever see 5 p.m. on your feed (laughs) if it was chronological so um just trying different strategies so people see my content but like i can always tell like if and sometimes what i think will perform well like blows up so Mm -hmm. you never know (laughs) and then do you think instagram because you talked about earlier how it's getting cluttered everybody's on it do you think it's almost at the point now where it's at maturity and it's going to slowly start to decline as a platform yeah I think there's a lot of things, like, the likes and, like, a lot of people are taking time away from Instagram as well because it's, like, it made them feel crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spending too much time on it. Um, so they want their time on Instagram to be more mindful, so it's even more important that your posts attract them. Um, but I think that's why my blog is good as well. Like, you don't even have to go to my Instagram to get these resources some of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to reach people, like, take a screenshot and then go offline. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually perfect though how you said like people can go to your blog instead of your Instagram because they can get most of the things there. Do you think that we're going to see a lot more people start to kind of de-platform and really try and do their own websites and different things? This is kind of a big trend with YouTube I've seen where a lot of like YouTubers will kind of stop going on YouTube and yeah. they'll post on their own website and make like a subscription-based thing. Like do you think we're going to start to see more people do that? I don't, I don't, I don't think so because I think Instagram, it's like the blog takes so much work but Instagram's mm-hmm. easier but... The website also plays into the go where people aren't. Like, everyone was gravitating towards websites, so I'm like, I'm going to build one. <laughs> yeah. And what about influencer marketing? Like, kind of talk about how it's worked for you, but are there any industry trends or things that you kind of predict over the next couple of years? Um, that one's tough. Like, um, I find more and more people reaching out to work with people in Ottawa because it was Toronto and Montreal that were the main markets, and now it's slow. Like, Ottawa's a little bit slower to get things. Um, it's it's changing so rapidly and I think people are working with like a wide variety of people now like you don't need the 500,000 followers and it's it's actually more beneficial for your brand to work with someone with a lower account because it's mm-hmm. probably more more niche more like easier to access people that you actually want to market to mm-hmm. and the next question perfect to answer like an acceptable answer is no but are there any other trends or different things in social media that kind of have your attention right now or you're keeping an eye on Oh, other trends. Um, it's not a trend, but I think it's something that brands should do mm-hmm. is they should do their due diligence and look at someone's account before they work with them. Because I think a lot of times I see someone say that they have, oh, this person has a high following, so I should work with them. But that's not necessarily the case. Like, like who is your target market? Like, are you trying to reach people in Ottawa? Are you trying to reach people in Toronto? Like, you should look at their their mm-hmm. analytics like unfortunately like buying followers is a thing um but if you do a google search you can find a quick thing that you can vouch people on mm-hmm. um i've had to sign contracts before that say like i don't buy followers i don't use any of those engagement platforms and i think yeah. i think more brands should do that because um, otherwise it's kind of just throwing away money mm-hmm. And like, I feel like buying, buying followers, I feel like it's kind of lost some prominence. Like, I feel like it was like a lot of people doing it and some people still do it today, but I feel like it's not yeah. as big an issue as it used to be. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's kind um, of like, like, I still, I still do see it. The problem with it too, is that it's like, if people find out, it just, it has a very negative effect. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not even worth it. <laughs> yeah. And what about those engagement apps? Cause like. I've heard people arguing on both sides, like, yeah, they're bad, don't use them, Instagram is like when you use them, but other people say, like, they're good, because it's not like I'm buying followers or anything, I'm just engaging with people to kind of introduce them to my platform, and I'm not really doing anything unethical, so, like, where do you land um, on that like, debate? I, like, I wouldn't recommend them, because mm-hmm. it, like, Instagram has come out and said, like, you, like, you will be penalized for this, but the other thing, too, is that, so one account that kept reposting my photos, um, like, a third of their account was my photos. <laughs> Um, and I was like reporting them to Instagram, like, please take these down. I would comment on their photos, like take down my photos. They didn't give you permission. And they would just always like my comment. It's because they were using an an engagement Mm -hmm. bot. Um, and when you, if the engagement bot is writing on people's photos, like, cool, awesome, Mm -hmm. nice. Like 
that looks really bad too because that looks like you bought your engagement yeah true that's fair that's kind of interesting though yeah I just kind of feel like I've heard people argue both sides and like it's yeah. all some people say it's only I only like people's photos like I don't leave comments with it but I think yeah I guess like I, I manually go in and like people's mm-hmm. photos but that's also better too like it takes more time but then if you leave a thoughtful comment on someone's photo then it starts that conversation mm-hmm. and maybe they'll come and they'll feel comfortable posting on one of your photos later on yeah um and also for me it's good to just see what's happening in Ottawa like maybe there's a cool event I miss that I can go to next year mm-hmm. that's kind of something I do something similar to that like I'll go to people's accounts and I'll like like a couple photos but like I feel like when people just like three of my photos and they don't do anything I know that that's them just trying to come to my account to get me to follow them yeah so what I've started doing to kind of separate myself is I will go to the person's account and I'll find like something interesting about it or something I want to talk to them about and I'll like send them a direct message yeah because even though like I'll go to their requests folder like it's not like everyone has tons of dms coming in at all the time so when they see a request they'll click on it and check it out so that's kind of my way to try to yeah, stand out like, a little bit i'm yeah, trying just that start that conversation and mm-hmm. like um i had somebody i posted something the other day and they're like i've been a long time follower but first time commenter and i'm like like feel free to comment anytime like yeah. <laughs> i'm nice and what about like you've mentioned a couple times now you've started working for yourself over the last year and a bit or so yeah. so when did you decide to take that leap into working for yourself and like why did you do that I was listening to podcasts like all day, every day. <laughs> um, and it, it had always been something I'd been kind of playing with because um, like it wasn't probably until about like two years into my account that people, like the contracts with brands were becoming more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a year and a half ago, I was like, okay, you know what? Like I need to give this a chance on its own. Like I don't, I don't have enough time to work full time and do this. So I need to choose a path. And I always thought the worst thing that will happen is I'll fail. I don't think so because I, like, I'm already making income from it. But I just need to give it this chance to fully grow. And it was the best decision I could have made because I was able to fully put all my energy into that and then my own clients. Mm -hmm. So, like, how have you found getting clients then? Like, is it hard to do? Is it easy to do? Do you use Little Miss Auto as, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, this is my experience type thing. Or how do you go about finding clients? So, I haven't. It's all been word of mouth. Like, they've all found me through Little Miss Ottawa. Um... Which is good too, because as soon as they message me, like they already, like I've proven that I know what I'm talking about. So then mm-hmm. they already kind of know that they want to work with me. So it's been really awesome that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably start being a little bit more vocal that I do that, but it's all been a learning process. Yeah, and then so for the most part, like your clients, it's all social media related. Yeah, for the most part, like I also, because um, I used to work in like just as like the one woman marketing firm, like I did everything like events, media. So I help with a bunch of things mm-hmm. that's pretty cool though do you ever see a point where little miss ottawa is your full-time and like your number one priority i don't think so just because i think it's important to have different revenue streams like mm-hmm. i was always very conscious um like i i saved up probably a year's salary before i went on my own because i never wanted to be in the position where i had to say yes to a contract mm-hmm. um for money i don't i don't think that's a good place to be in like especially like you might have to take a contract that goes against what you believe in and like it's never worth it like the brand trust is so important mm-hmm. um so i think it's good to diversify yeah so how do you find balancing it then between having your own company and the blog and everything like how has that been this one could it's still a lot like i feel like i i have my hours haven't changed i'm still working the same hours of when i went full-time in little masada but um it's been really good and i think even just Probably anyone that started working for themselves can probably relate to just the first year is the hardest because you're going through everything for the first time. Like, you wear so many hats, like accountant, bookkeeper, sales. Yeah. And so what is your advice into people that are kind of like on the fence, like whether they want to jump in and do their own thing or they should just stick to the nine to five? Like, what's your advice? Um, like, I would say save up money. So you just, you need that buffer. Like, if, if you didn't make income for a few months, like you're going to be okay. Um, and then also, like, are you already making money from whatever your side hustle is like if you are then it's probably a good indicator um that you can go on your own and then again like the worst thing that'll happen is you'll fail but you won't look back in 10 years and be like i should have done that when yeah. i thought of it yeah that's cool and then like marketing's always been something that you've been doing like as a career like i noticed some people that go on their own and try and do the social media consulting stuff like that it's like they'll grow a bit of a following and they'll be like oh i should just consult on it because i have a big following yeah. but you also bring like a full marketing background right like you went to school for it and everything too right yeah, and I used to be the marketing manager for the Bank Street BIA. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so, yeah, I've been working in marketing for a really long time. Like, even when I was in university, like, I did internships and stuff like that. So, 
have a lot of experience. <laughs> one, one thing I was curious about that I saw, I honestly can't remember where I saw this, but you doubled attendance at Carlton Raven football games by doing some form of marketing campaign? Oh, yeah, so it was basketball. Oh, basketball, um, okay. Yeah, so that was probably like my first big experience with social media because we were in, I think it was marketing communications and we had the opportunity to do a campaign for the Carlton Ravens. Mm. So what we did was we created a Facebook event and invited like as many people as we could and then we got them to invite their friends and just kept growing. And then we told everybody to say yes. Like I was like, I don't care if you're coming or not, just say yes because we just want to build that um, like indicator that like the game's going to be really popular. So we were able to, I think attendance went from like 735 to like 1400. Okay. Ca- capacity was 1500 and that was just with one event and we were tweeting at the mayor like, can you retweet? Like all these prominent people in Ottawa. Um, that was probably the first time I was like, okay, social media can can really make an impact, mm-hmm. and it was free. Like, we didn't have to pay anything. Yeah, that's really cool though. That's that's kind of like where you really first got your start, and then you were able to double attendance at the game. Because I feel like yeah. with like U Sports in Canada, like it's not like the states where everyone goes to the games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and our team is what's like it, they're still so good, but mm-hmm. it, it yeah, I was like pulling teeth to get people to go. So just getting them to see that this is a really cool experience and. And building that demand through Facebook and it was cool too like the Facebook event did really well but to see it translate positively into sales was mm-hmm. awesome and I don't think I could have you on the podcast without asking you about travel kind of as a whole yeah <laughs> so like how many countries did you say you've been to so 17 far? 17 okay yeah. do you have any of like your favorite destinations that you've been to um so Australia had the biggest impact but I also loved Nicaragua okay um the people there were just so kind and friendly um like Thailand was just amazing, Bali, we loved Greece. I think each one has its own special experience and charm. Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere you haven't been yet that you're like, I have to go there? Oh, so many places. My list is always going. <laughs> I'm hoping to go to Colombia in January. Cool. That'll yeah. be interesting. I did a bunch of travel through Central America, so I want to do mm-hmm. South America. Yeah. Do you have any crazy travel stories? Like, I'm always interested to hear oh, yeah. travel stories. <laughs> oh, so many. So when I was in, this is probably the craziest, and like, I was in Australia and we paid extra go on the sailing trip through the Whit Sundays because I wanted to do the Great Barrier Reef. Like, couldn't go to Australia and not do it. Anyways, there was a cyclone or something in Indonesia, and we were getting bad winds mm-hmm. as a result of that. And our boat started tipping back and forth, and it started getting more violent. And then you could tell that the crew was getting stressed out. So I was like, this is just a bad situation. And it ended up turning all the way to one side, and we started sliding down the boat like in Titanic. Mm-hmm. So it straightened up and grabbed something. I just remember thinking, like, why did I, why did I do this? Like, like, ah, oh, this was so silly. Like, we're this is it. This is it. We're in the middle of the ocean. Um, eventually, they got the sails in. Like, they had to. They needed so much help from people on the boat. Um, and then we went to shore. <laughs> I was like, we were all so shaken. Like, what just happened? <laughs> That's crazy. It was oh man. And then they're like, all right, who wants to go diving now? Um, I almost didn't go because I was just like. I need to process this, but like we still went because I was like, I can't like this is why I'm on this boat to do the Great Barrier Reef. Like I have to do it. Yeah. Wow, that's so, insane. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm always curious too, like as to what people are like consuming content wise. And we kind of talked beforehand. You listen to podcasts, so is it mainly podcasts? Do you like watch different YouTubers or some certain Instagrammers you like to follow? What kind of yeah, content? Yeah, I consuming? follow like a ton of travel Instagrammers. Um, just because I'm interested in where they're going and also just they have the most incredible photos and videos and then I love podcasts like mm-hmm. I feel like my week is always better when I listen to podcasts yeah and that too is a good tool to help me quit my job because I was able to hear from like some of the greatest minds in the world that I would never have the opportunity to speak to but just hearing their stories and how they navigated mm-hmm. the problems and situations that I was in yeah I know you told me kind of beforehand but do you have any like recommendations for ones people should check out yeah um so I listen to School of Greatness a lot because he interviews like so many incredible people and people that I probably wouldn't check out otherwise and I always listen for like that one little tidbit of like I needed to hear that mm-hmm. um Earn Your Happy was a good one because she interviews a lot of people in business and in life and like she works for herself now and just navigating that water Gary V um those are like the main ones yeah that's pretty cool and then what about uh, this is always a difficult question to explain but like things in culture that kind of have your attention right now like an example is like when I asked that question beforehand someone said like they're just fascinated and watching how like Gen Z and then even like the generation kind of below that or just how they're fascinated with like 
like label clothes, like Supreme and different things like that. How they're just so fascinated by like brand names. Is there anything okay. that's just like one example? Is there anything like in culture, like we as a society do that you're kind of interested um, in? Something I'm really mindful of right now is, um, I think social media can be a blessing and a curse. Like I mm-hmm. think, I think a lot of people are having, like a lot of younger people are growing up with social media. It's like even my younger sister, five years younger than me, like you can tell the difference in how social media affects me and her. Um, so I'm always mindful in my posting. Like I would never want someone to look at my content and then feel bad after. Like I really truly hope it empowers them to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at the TELUS conference in Vancouver, a big thing they were talking about was TELUS Wise. So it's an initiative to for tech for good. So like um, positive tech use and social media use. Like don't let it consume your life. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I think it can be good and bad. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, I definitely think social media, it's all, you get out what you put into it, right? Like, if you're looking for the good and the positive sides of social media, I think you'll yeah. find it. But if you go into it with the mindset of, like, just everything sucks, like, you'll find the negative and the bad parts of social media. Yeah, like, I hope I hope people go onto it and, like, they find their pocket of the internet that's, like, it should make you feel good. Like, if it's not, then you should unfollow people and just, it, you should curate a feed that you like, you like going through. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing, too, is, like, really one thing I've been focusing on a lot lately is like creating a feed like consuming my content with intention because like I just yeah. caught myself mindlessly scrolling so often that I was like I gotta fix this like I've slowly started maybe unfollowing people here and there and just people that like yeah. I just don't like gain value so from important. and I'm really trying to like do that like what you said like comment on people's posts like mm-hmm. is really take the time to like read people's content that they're putting out like actually engage with it and comment and different things and I just think that's just a better way to use it than just mindlessly scrolling all the time. Yeah, I'm trying, like, it's been difficult and it's always a learning experience, but I'm trying to limit my time on it so that mm-hmm. the time that I do spend on social media is, um, yeah, mindful and important. And the other thing, too, that I think people forget that it is a tool for connection. So the commenting is good because, like, there's been so many people that I have met through social media, like, I wouldn't have met otherwise. So mm-hmm. use it as a, a tool for good and a tool for connection. Yeah. And so what's next for you? What do you got coming up? Oh, um, so I just sent a two press trips. So August, I'm just kind of taking a month to enjoy summer. So I'll just be posting about about Ottawa and then probably just plan the, next, the rest of the year and then finish that videography class. Yeah, and it's like long term. What are some like long long term goals you're kind of focused on? Long term goals, I guess, would probably be building the client side more and then finishing the videography class and then Pinterest is something that I'd like to play with more it was something I loved using before Australia like I would make pin boards for things I wanted to do on my trip Mm -hmm. and then I kind of ended that but I feel like that's becoming a good platform to drive people to your blog yeah no I've heard that too that Pinterest is really good for that yeah but before we wrap up I ask everyone kind of the same standard questions okay first one being you're going to dinner and you can take anybody you can take three people dead or alive who would you take to dinner Three people. Three people. Oh. Um, Tony Robbins. I saw him when he came to Ottawa and he just like, will like set you straight. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, I always feel so inspired after listening to him. Um, hmm. I probably honestly pick podcast people out like right yeah. now. Like, probably like Lewis Howes and Lori Hart or like all the podcasts I listen to because I think all those people had such a crucial role in where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like hearing their experiences like I would love to be in one of their masterminds I think that would be like like the people that you would meet and the things you would learn in it like what big thing is you don't know what you don't know so you hear that from somebody mm-hmm. that you're like what this happens <laughs> yeah what is some of the best advice that you've ever been given so my mom when I was younger she would always say it's important to be a lifelong learner mm-hmm. and that's something that's always stuck with me like I think I have always been very curious and I've been really proactive in learning things myself. Like even in university when I did the Ravens thing, like that was extracurricular, me doing something on my own. Um, especially working in social media and marketing, it's everything's changing so rapidly that you you really do have to stay on top of it. And it's your job to see what's happening with the platforms and um, try all different things. I think mm-hmm. people get a little bit too comfortable, but it's important that you're always putting yourself outside the box and pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. When your alarm goes off in the morning, what motivates you to get up and out of bed? Um, new experiences I think mm-hmm. and also when you have that vision of like what you want to do like what you want to accomplish that day or like 
the one thing you want to do that day, that month, that year? What's one thing about you people would not expect? Um, that they wouldn't expect. That's tough. I always wonder what people, like, what their perception of is, of me is because they don't, I don't really post that many details. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I hope that they get from my account that I'm, like, a really positive, outgoing person. Like, I'm always trying to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, so I always wonder if that translates onto my account. I hope it does. <laughs> What's one thing that's so important everybody needs to know? Um, I guess I've said it before, but like push yourself outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like as uncomfortable as it is, that those are the times when you learn the most. Like going off on my own has been terrifying at times. Like I felt so uncomfortable, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And on a podcast, I heard like you need to go where the fear is. So not put yourself in risky situations, but you need to go where you're scared. And then that that soon is going to feel like nothing. You're mm-hmm. going to be on to the next thing, and it. It doesn't matter how old you are. That's always something you have to do in life. This is usually the last question, but I have one extra last question that's particular for you. But this question is, if you had like a crystal ball and you could get the answer to anything, like what is one question you'd want to know the answer to? Um, I'd probably ask like, what should my next step be? Mm -hmm. Um, I started working with a business coach because it's, Especially when you're working on your own, I think that's so important to just pull the thoughts out of your head and have that next path on where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So for the last question, why should people come and visit Ottawa? There's so much. Like there's something. I remember when I was in Melbourne on exchange, I'd ask people what to do, and they would say, "Well, it depends on what you're into." And I didn't understand it because I was like, in Ottawa, if you ask for something to do, I'd be able to tell you everything. But mm-hmm. now I feel like we're at the point where if someone comes I'm always like what are you interested in because we have so many different things to do from the foodie scene adventure nature uh, architecture like there's really something for everyone mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast thanks for having me sorry my dog's been so noisy He's oh never no been that worries bad. no worries um, I just want to give you the floor where can the people find you plug everything and anything that you got right now? so they can find me on littlemissottawa.com and then at littlemissottawa across social Awesome. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below. Yay, perfect. Yeah, feel free to connect with me, everyone. And I want to thank you once again for coming on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Whether you've listened the entire way through, you've only listened to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Do me a favor, guys. Go and follow Little Miss Ottawa on everything. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below, like I said. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at the Jacob Kelly. Come and say hello. And if you'd like to follow the podcast, just search up my social life and we'll come up. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.